Decision Diaries. <laughs> Welcome to Decision Diaries. Today on Decision Diaries, we are going to talk about a very big decision, the decision to homeschool your children. And so I have a very special guest, Liz Zern, who honestly makes it look easy, but I I know it is not. (laughs) You're so super organized. So welcome to Decision Diaries. And as always, I really love to start from the beginning of, I don't think in my, you know, I've known you for a little while. I don't think that, you know, you, uh, as soon as you had children, uh, envision yourself doing this. So I really want to hear the story that kind of led up to this big decision. Yeah. So, um, you are correct in your assumption. I literally, um, told people years ago, I've known lots of people that have homeschooled, right? Um, I have been involved in like lots of different ministries through my church. So that automatically lends itself to knowing people who homeschool. And um, I told a friend a while ago, it would take an act of God for me to homeschool my children. There is no way, like more power to you, but not happening. Like I can't. Um, And then 2020 came. And there's my act of there's God. That act of God, yeah. <laughs> so in 2020, my daughter was in kindergarten. Um, my son Chance was in um, second grade. And then I have an older kid who was a rising freshman in high school. And so, you know, we all go on spring break, the world erupts, and we end up home. And they were doing Zoom school. Like they were, you know, learning on Zoom or sort of learning on Zoom. And I started looking at their stuff that they were learning at school. And I was like, what the hell is happening? Like, what, what is going on here? And my daughter cried every single day, every single day that they were doing zoom school. She cried. Um, She couldn't get online. She couldn't talk to her friends. She couldn't see anyone. She didn't know what was happening. The teacher was going too fast. And I started looking at like where she was progressively in kindergarten And I had had some concerns prior to like everything happening. And I had talked to her kindergarten teacher and said, you know, like she's not reading at the level that the boys were reading. Well, all students are different. Well, but she's really falling behind. Like she couldn't even write her name. Her name is Scarlett. Um, She could not write her name properly. And I was like, "I'm, I'm a little concerned. Like she's not spelling very well. And I realized she's only in kindergarten, but like, these are the experiences I've had with my boys. Um, And Obviously, every kid's different. I've heard all that before. I know. Right. Yes, right. I hear you. But th- I still had some concerns. And I had addressed them with the teacher. And she just kind of was like, she's doing fine. She's doing fine. She's doing fine. Um, her class had like 20 kids in it. She was really overwhelmed. Um, and, and Zoom school wasn't working. So then I was like, well, what do I do? And then, you know, we live in Florida. So things were looking like everybody was going to go back to school starting in that 2020 to 21 school year in the fall. Um, over the summer, I started really like searching my heart and what was best for my kids. I started looking up. I, and then I was like down the rabbit hole. of homeschooling. Oh, There we go. Yeah. And yeah. there are so many different ways to homeschool that it was like really overwhelming. And I was having anxiety attacks. I was waking up in the middle of the night. I was just freaking out. Like, what am I going to do with these kids? And um, I'm not a very anxiety ridden person in general. I'm kind of, I'm like, I have peace. Like, I feel like I'm, I, I would say, um, 
I hate the word religious, but I would say I'm a religious person. Like I do believe that God has a plan for our lives and whatever he has planned for us, if we align ourselves with him, that he will guide our steps. Right. And, right. Um, and because I believe that I, I felt this, like God's going to give me some peace as soon as I have the right thing in front of me. And I just kept praying, like, give me the right answer. Give me the right, like open that door and slam the other doors. Like, just so I have clarity. And that was my prayer all that summer. Like, give me clarity. And I came to the decision with a friend that I was going to homeschool. And my friend was at the same sort of crossroads. She, she had kids the same ages as my kids. And she was like, I don't know what to do with these kids, but I know that I'm not sending them back to public school to maybe have them come back two weeks later when COVID goes crazy again, or we don't know what's going to happen in public school. And her son, who was also in kindergarten in 2020, um, was also not thriving in public school. Well, you know, um, so what's interesting is that especially the kindergartners is the the masks and the plastic shields and, and, and everything that they were sort of returning to was was taking away the learning experience. So if there's ever time that you started questioning the educational system, I, I really think that was, you know, the time because... Yeah. Because uh, several of them, you know, as we, as we've moved along, we've we've discovered that you know they're having some social problems, and so you know why there's not? Social problems. There's a lot of educational gap, especially in those COVID. They call them COVID kindergartners. So those COVID kindergartners are having like learning gaps. They're having reading gaps, um, math gaps. They're having a lot of things because they missed that last quarter, that really pivotal corner of kindergarten when you take all the stuff you learned the prior, you know, six months or whatever, and you're putting them all together and it all comes together and the puzzle works and they missed all that. So, because they were trying to figure out how to use zoom. And right. so, um, you know, my kids are very computer savvy, but we're not able to like, um, do what they needed to do for school. Now, backtracking just a little bit, my son chance, who was in second grade at the time, he was already leaps and bounds ahead. So mm-hmm. right now he's in sixth grade. He's doing high school math um, as a homeschooler. In second grade, the teacher was like, honestly, I don't have anything for him. He's already gone through all the standards for second, third, and fourth grade. So like, I really don't have anything for him. You could try like printing out some like fat fraction sheets and have him work on that or like do a Rubik's cube or something like there was nothing for him. And I was like, like, so from March till end of May, he's just supposed to like do nothing. Like what, what are we saying here? Like he, he needs something. And so um, that was the, on the other side of the spectrum where I've got my daughter who's struggling. I had my son who was struggling in a whole different way because he was bored out of his mind. Right. So I was like, there has to be something more. There has to be something more. And um, then I had my high schooler who decided he also wanted to stay home. Um, So he lasted about two weeks as a homeschool student. (laughs) Um, I think that he was just so over with me and he um, did not do well in the virtual school setting. And so he also, he went back to public school. So even within your same family, you might have kids that have completely different needs. You may homeschool one and you may send other ones to um, a brick and mortar school. So what's, what's interesting about homeschooling is it's not like a one size fits all, even within a, 
within a family. Yeah. Um, so I, so to me, that's really interesting. First of all, kudos to you for acknowledging that and thanks. not, you know, forcing like, okay, the whole family is homeschooling and, and that's that, and you're just going to have to deal with it. So kudos for you for that. But also I can just imagine um, as you mentioned, it's not a one size fits all. So how do you, how do you manage these different programs? How are you, how are you able to, to do that? How, yes. Yeah, so, um, I, I am, I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not as like magical as it seems. Homeschooling, I think when we were coming up, right. Um, was like weird people wearing a lot of denim. Mom didn't cut her hair. There's a lot of bangs, a lot of like, (laughs) maybe like farm animals involved. Although there are farm animals. I did. did. I raised raised the chickens with my homeschooling. Okay. Yeah. So it seems to me just by looking at Instagram and a few people that I know. Don't look at Instagram. That's such a bad picture. Yeah, if you homeschool, it seems like chickens are part of the chickens like and butterflies. You get chickens. <laughs> you like get when chickens. you get your starter pack of curriculum that comes with some baby chickens. No, no, that's not true. <laughs> it so, seems like it though. <laughs> but it is like it's so I think that that was like the old school. Like in my head, my vision of homeschoolers was like the Duggars. Like you gotta right. have 20 kids, a little homestead. Definitely chickens and a lot of denim. Like that was homeschooling. <laughs> that was homeschooling. But um, so when I started, let me backtrack just a little bit because when I when I sat when I really decided that I was going to homeschool, I had found this curriculum and it's called Gather Round Curriculum or Gather Round Homeschool. And there are a lot of different types of curriculums. So it could be anything from like, and you'll hear a lot of buzzwords like in within the homeschool community. Um, I'm trying to find my little slide on it. So there's Charlotte Mason, there's unschooling, there's hybrid or umbrella schools, and there's co-ops, and then there's unit studies. So let me explain those a little bit. Like Charlotte Mason is more like your classic education. So like there's a group called Classical Classical Conversations. It's a really big homeschooling community here in Jacksonville, especially, but like all over the place. So CC is um, how it's referred to in the homeschooling Oh, okay. So yeah, so (laughs) CC, um, they are a great organization. There's a lot of like classical education, a lot of memorization, a lot of classic literature. They're very like strongly literature based because if you're proficient in reading and literature, it kind of moves over into the sciences and maths because you're able to like understand all the questions that it's asking you. It's a great model for homeschooling. Unschooling is another school of thought where like you literally like it's child led kind of Montessori style where you try to figure out what is your kid really interested in and you gear all your lessons toward that. So if your kids really love Harry Potter, then science becomes potions and, um, you know, math might become like arithmancy or whatever, like you're going to tailor your education to like things your kids are really interested in. And there it gets really great because you've got kids that really love um I don't know, farming, because <laughs> yeah, I can't get yeah. chickens out of my head now. But like, and you might go through, you might go visit a farm, you might let them work on a farm, you might let them, you know, 
go to a farming or tractor store and like ask a bunch of questions or like research something. So they're still learning and understanding a lot of things, but it's more like interest led and child led. So unschooling is another option. Um, they still have to learn their basic math, science, social studies, and, and um, English, but you're tailoring those things toward like more of their kid led interests. Um, umbrella schools or hybrid schools are a great option for a lot of families. Um, that's where like you have a drop-off program where you've hired tutors. Um, a lot of families come together and they, um, usually these umbrella schools are accredited in some way and they have like classes that they offer. Your kids might go to class or sometimes the parents teach the class. You might have a parent that used to be a doctor. Now they're homeschooling their kids or used to be, you know, an IT professional that decided to be a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> and, they, wow. and they have, so you have a lot of really well-educated people who want to combine their educational um, expertise and help um, let these kids learn for a couple hours a day. But you're still, under these umbrella schools, you as the parent are still the homeschool teacher. So that's something that people really need to understand is that ultimately, no matter what methodology of homeschooling you use, the responsibility is yours to educate your own children. So if you're using tutors, great, but you still need to know what they're teaching and you still need to be a part of the decision of what they're teaching. So it gives the parents a lot of freedom to understand, like my kids are going to learn this, this, and this, but also I'm learning it along with them, which is really awesome. Because I wanted to talk about a couple of those. Okay, there's two okay, more. So okay, so there's two more. So co-ops, my kids are in a co-op. Co-ops okay. are similar to umbrella schools or hybrid schools, except that they're not accredited. And we're kind of like getting these teachers, all of the teachers at our co-op are certified teachers. Most of them are certified teachers that either taught at the public school or the private school. They decided they didn't want to be in that environment anymore. And the kids go and they are with kids their own age, but also with kids of all ages. So we've got kindergarten through sixth grade. Sometimes they're all together. Sometimes they're not. Um, I actually teach a cooking class at the homeschool at the co-op. Um, and so I'm teaching second through fifth graders how to do everything from, you know, it's basically like a home ec class. I'm teaching everything from like table setting and how to cook. I'm teaching them basic cooking skills. And it's once, once a week for about an hour. Um, and so each... Sometimes they're parent-led co-ops. Ours specifically has teachers that are teaching ELA, um, math, science, and social studies. And we go three days a week from eight to one. And then they have an optional elective. So cooking's my elective that I'm teaching. Um, and then we have unit studies. And that's actually how we started out. Our family did a unit study. We had a, what was what's known as a micro co-op Um and we only had one other family, sometimes two, that we did um, co-op days with. So on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we met together in somebody's kitchen <laughs> and we did our unit studies together. And Gather Round is the curriculum we use. Gather Round is a really awesome curriculum. There's another one called The Good and the Beautiful that is a similar style. And it's a unit of study. So for, for one month, you study botany. And all of the lessons, you have a science lesson, an ELA lesson, maybe some math and some social studies. So you'll do geography. You'll learn about where like different plants grow. You'll learn science. What are different types of plants? How do you dissect a plant? Why do some plants grow in colder climates? What do you need to have a plant go? You learn about photosynthesis. You learn about all these different things um, under this one unit study. Then you, next month, you move on to another unit study. We did all of the continents. We did um, 
we did botany. <laughs> we did food and farming. We did, um, we just did all kinds of space. We did. Um, well, you're making me want to go to homeschool. So you can be in my class. <laughs> <Lynn. laughs> you can be in my class. I'm going to start joining your classes. Yeah. No, you know, um, so when you mentioned all of those, there's a couple of them that I was like, how, you know, I'm picturing myself and I'm picturing my boys and mm -hmm. I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I would have homeschooled, which one of those, you know, really would have landed with them. Yeah. And I will tell you, so I had, you know, um, what do you do? Like I had one child that was waking up in the middle of the night and uh, watching World War II videos in color. And then awesome. he was, you know, <laughs> going to the library. Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was going to the library and he was, you know, getting all of the books in the library all about World War II. And then he was really getting into the battles and, you know, as you mentioned before, um, the geography and, and all of that. And so I really could have seen that whole theme thing completely working for him now yeah. his his brother was on you know was on a completely different theme they're only two years apart yeah. but so do you have like these different it sounds like you know if you were to pick that style you you would kind of have these different tracks or you know yeah, so, everybody on the same theme how does that work so with unit studies it's actually kind of awesome because like when you're doing a unit we kind of went through as a family and said, which are these units excite you and make you excited? And they would pick a couple. And then I would pick the rest and be like, these are the ones we're going to do. And these are the ones that you guys can get excited about that. And then, so each unit had different things that made them unique, but like I have one and I do I have different kids. I have one kid that's really math and science kid. And I have another that's a reading and social studies kid. And, um, so when we did each unit, sometimes we would do science experiments that went along with whatever the lesson of the day was. And even if it's not a science heavy unit, like the crossing continents, they weren't super science heavy, but you can make lessons tailored around what your kids like. When we were doing crossing continents and we were doing um, Hawaii in North America, we were doing a, a lesson on Hawaii. And we did a volcano model and we did different decisions. Like how can we make it erupt bigger? How can we make it erupt smaller? What's the science behind volcanoes? So even though we're studying mostly a geography unit, it really kind of goes with like whatever you want to add into it. So the way homeschooling works is you get your curriculum as a parent. Okay. And then what, what, I would look through included? it. Yeah. What's yeah. included in this curriculum? How yeah. So in the curriculum for a unit for gather around specifically, you get a, a teacher guide that is literally the, what you read to your kids. But what's really great about gather around is that the lessons are tailored for like their work is tailored to their grade level. So chance did a little bit higher level work than Scarlett did, but their pages were very similar. So they had an ELA page. They had a social studies page and they had a science page and then math is separate. So we did math with a different curriculum. And I think everybody does that. Like they have all their major subjects and the math is a totally separate thing. And we used um, Singapore math was our curriculum. It was great. Um, and we used oh. Saxon. We used Saxon. Are, math. 
And you subscribe to these or you buy these one packet at a time? Yeah, so they're work? books. They're, um, you, you can subscribe oh. to different things. There's all kinds of different curriculums. You just have to like kind of look through when you're first starting out and decide like which one looks like it would be really great for your kid. For streamlining it for families that have multiple kids, like I tried to find things that looked like they would be great for, for both of them. And if you had obviously more, you for different kids. Um, Chance right now takes math through FLVS Flex um, because he's so far ahead in math that he's doing high school level math. And so um, I have tried to figure out the best route and it looked like FLVS Flex was probably it for him and he is doing great. He's got an A in Algebra 1 honors um, and he Oh, a 97, he says. Oh, wow. Um, Look at that. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he chimed in and you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm watching him in the background and he is very focused. So, yeah, you know, also is, was there ever a unit that just kind of <laughs> fell flat? Yes. Like, yes, there was, there was <laughs> there one. And it was, this, be, right? it was this year actually. So we did chemistry this year and some okay. of the experiments were just kind of not fun. Um, and some of the stuff in the curriculum was a little more difficult than my daughter was really able to handle because it was a lot of like very high up science level stuff and more like middle school level. Um, and because she was bored and chance was bored and honestly, I was bored. I was like, okay, we're, we're going to cut, pare this down a little. Cause they were also doing all of their co-op work too. Cause now they're in like a big co-op, um, and they have science at co-op. So I was like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to learn the periodic table. We're going to learn a little bit about the elements, but the rest of this stuff is at this point, busy work and we're not doing it. And right. that's really what's beautiful about homeschooling. If it's not working for you, don't do it. There's no, I don't have a checklist of things like I have to do. I have things that this, I, I print out the state standards for each subject at the beginning of the school year. I look through them and I say, is my kid meeting this standard? For the school. No, not all, not all homeschoolers do that. They just want to make sure they're making progress. Florida actually is a really homeschool friendly state. So there's oh, not, interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's not really a whole lot that you have to do to prove that you're like doing all this stuff. You can do enough that they're progressing to the next level, or you can do a whole lot. I'm extra. So I do a whole lot. So, um, and my well, kids you know, sometimes I, are like, it's a lot, mom, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're talking, you know, we're talking a lot about, I mean, obviously when you're interested in the subject matter and, and you and I are kind of the same way is when we're interested in the subject matter, we can go deep. We can go oh, yeah, deep, yeah. deep and, and, you know, and then our passions come out and we're just like, oh, this is awesome. We're learning. Look at this. And, um. But, you know, there's a there's another side that everybody always brings up. And when I was looking at, you know, just kind of some fun homeschooling Instagram memes, they were talking about experiences yeah. that, you know, um, within sort of a standard setting, these these children are receiving an experience of, you know, I need to follow rules and I have to raise my hand and I have to, um, I want to say memorize and regurgitate, like, <laughs> like memorize. And, and Let me it's ask not, you a question like, though. It's not sinking so, in, right. It's not right. sinking in as, as, so when as, you were in school and you had to memorize yeah. and regurgitate, 
Do you remember yeah. most of what you learned? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, and so right. that's so what my I was kids, kind of seeing out there is that it's it's a get out of the office. You know, we yeah. call that in, in the business world, we call that, you know, nothing important ever happens in the office. It's like get yeah. out of the office, get out there with your customers. And with homeschooling, you know, what what I was seeing a, a theme of was get these kids actually experiencing things as opposed yeah. to just sort of sitting there and being told things. Right. And so well, talk we to me a little about America, how you got out. Yeah. So when we did North America, we did, well, let me, when we did gather around with our micro co-op, we did a co we did a field trip once a week. Okay. It went with whatever unit we were learning. So when we did North America, we went over to the park and I said, okay, gather a bunch of sticks and leaves and you guys are going to go in the creek and you're going to build a dam. Because we were finding out like beavers build dams in, in Canada and what is a dam and how does it work? And whoever could build the best dam in that little stream maybe would get a prize. Those kids came home muddy and tired and exhausted and knowing why <laughs> beavers were building dams. So they were experiencing what it looks like. And also they were learning about leave no trace. So wherever they go, if they do some activity, they also know you have to break apart that dam because we don't want to mess up the ecosystem that we're doing. So they're learning a lot about um, caring for their environment and being careful with like our resources that were given to us. And um, we've done, um, we did a beach cleanup day when we learned about oceans. The beach cleanup day, we, we happened to find this huge jellyfish while we were on the beach and we got to like look at it. And then we went home and we were like, okay, let's look up. So you can look up online like a dissection of a jellyfish. We actually dissected crayfish um, during that ocean theme. We So we've done all kinds of like, hands-on things to help us to like learn more in depth. Chance got really interested in medicine and science during um, some of our stuff. So we had bought him this like little kit for Christmas to learn how to do sutures. And I have a friend who's a doctor and I was like, Hey, can you come teach my nine-year-old how to run sutures? And he was like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So if you ever need stitches, Chance can run them for you. <laughs> wow. That is, well, you know, and it, it it's also life skills. So, you know, the yeah. other thing that I really liked when I looked up, you know, researching and everything was I saw some ideas of going out and do random acts of kindness. And, yeah. you know, I think that is, is one of those things that, you know, all parents should do. That. And so if you can teach your children or you can take your children during the day out of a classroom, yeah. going out there and like you said, doing things in nature, but also going out there and doing random acts of kindness. I thought yeah, that so, was, I thought so that was example, like a great homeschooling day. I would have loved that. Yeah, absolutely. So our co-op um, during December, they went over to the um, uh, elderly residents over here um, in Jacksonville and they sang songs to them and they like, talk to them and they just visited with the elderly that are in these like homes, um, residential homes. And they just had a great time with them. We do, um, service projects. So the, the beach cleanup was one we've done, um, things for the military. We did, we went over to, um, canines for warriors and like did a little tour of their facility so that we could learn about, you know, um, PTSD and what that organization is doing. And then you follow it up with like, Hey, how can we help organize? 
how can we do something for this group? Well, we can take all of our towels and dirty, you know, old, not dirty, but like old linens and um, <laughs> donate them because they need blankets and towels at these places that are helping animals. You, there's so many opportunities for service in our communities that we don't need, you know, we can go to St. Augustine and serve at a homeless shelter and we can go do something really, really tiny, easy, go get $5 worth of quarters at the um, bank and then put quarters on the carts at Aldi. So everybody has a quarter when they go in. So, oh, that's, no, that's a really good, you're so creative. So, so I just mean, little things that you can yeah. think of and you can involve your kids like, Hey, what do you love? What are you really excited about? Are you excited about animals? Well, Hey, the humane society has a reading program where you can go and you can read to animals um, who are in shelters until they get adopted. Um, so that's one you can go do the Aldi thing. You can just, you know, maybe go buy some $5 Starbucks cards and give them to police officers as they're sitting on their um, patrol or whatever. Like there's just really tiny little acts of kindness that go a long way in building your kid's character um, and, and really helping them to like figure out what are they passionate about and what are they in love with. And, um, you know, one thing that we're going to do next year actually is called a passion project where they get to pick one thing and all during the whole school year, they're going to work on their passion project. So at the end of the year, they'll have their big service thing and it might be homelessness or it might be, um, I, I have a passion for food insecurity. I grew up in a home that, you know, my mom was a single mom. I lived with my grandparents back and forth and, um, food insecurity was always an issue um, for me. So I try to, you know, make sure like I, now I'm maybe a little bit of a food hoarder. And as you know, I used to be a <laughs> private chef prior to. Right. Right. And so, and I still do private chef things, but just not like I used to. And um, so I want my kids to find something that they're really passionate about and that they love and that they're going to like go out into the world and, and, put their little stamp on, on what that looks like. So my daughter loves animals. Her passion project will probably be something with animals. She loves dolphins and sea creatures. So she'll probably do a beach cleanup or something along those lines. She just really loves that um, thing in the world. You, so, so, so you get, you know, you get your ideas from, from your children. You also yeah. have some, you know, things that you're sort of passionate about and that helps, right? If the teacher's passionate, the students yeah. are passionate. And I've noticed that just in the a standard school system, right? True. Yeah, yeah. My son comes home. He's excited about World War II because he has a passionate history teacher who yeah. is excited about World War II and, you know, takes guitar, same thing. So you've got all of these multiple passions, multiple subjects. And, you know, I'm so ADD. I don't know. You know, I would have this plethora of ideas. And it would almost become this pile that I would collapse underneath. How in the world do you keep your mind straight? Yeah, or so do you uh, have other people? I do have other people. You Number one thing you need to do is find a community. That's number one. If you're going to homeschool, you got to find a community. It could be one other family. It could be, I definitely recommend co-ops even just once a week. It gives your kids like some time to, you know, go be with other kids their age a big thing, and you probably saw this in your research, is like, how are you going to socialize your kids? They have a oh, baby. so yeah. Well, that was one of the ones I have down on my list that <laughs> yeah. we have to talk about, so right? Socialization. My kids, so if you go out right now, go to any park, you will see kids sitting around the park bench looking at memes on their phones. Right. 
and not really socializing. You have kids that can't I, like kids my son's age, who's he's in middle school, so sixth grade, can't order their own food at a restaurant because they don't know how to speak to people and they don't they feel nervous and they don't want to talk to people. My kids are not no. If you want something, you better ask for it. You better ask for it politely and you better figure out how to get it. So my daughter can advocate for herself if she needs extra time with something and she can speak to adults. She can speak to children. They know how to speak to special needs kids. Um, I don't, um, we, we get to be around people of all types, all beliefs, all faiths, all colors, all everything, because we're not stuck in a classroom with our same little cohort of upper middle class white kids in St. John's County. We are right. able to go to our co-op that has, you know, yes. Okay. Let me back that up because we do go to a Christian co-op. So our co-op does teach biblical principles. They do take a Bible class at co-op. So they are learning with other Christian kids. However, when we go out into like do our service projects or we go to different parts of the county or even the state, you know, we are definitely interacting with people from all different walks of life. And during their Bible class, um, they're learning to defend their faith, if that's what they believe, but also like why we believe what we believe and then what other people believe. I'm not sheltering my kids from right. reality. And I think that that's like a misconception that people have is that like, oh, we just don't want our kids to learn any bad stuff. And so we're putting them in this bubble. Actually, what's happening is like, I am able to teach my kids. My kids know um, all of the societal things that are being taught, but I'm the one that taught that to them. I'm the one that explained it to them and I'm the one that has given them the information in an age appropriate way. So another part of homeschooling is there are things right now that are being taught in schools that I don't necessarily think are age appropriate for my right. fourth grader. Um, and so that was a part of it was just like, um, and it got reiterated because my high schooler, when he went to high school, the first two years of high school were brutal for him. And he was not homeschooled. He's never been homeschooled. He lasted two weeks in virtual school in 2020, and that was it. But he went to high school, and he was bullied to the point of um, needing professional help. Um, he was to the point where he was almost suicidal. And I was like, what is happening? And he was like, these kids are so mean. They are calling him slurs. Um, he's autistic. So they oh. are, and he's high function autistic. So, um, he, he's in normal classes. He's in the honors classes. He does great, but it, it, it was hard for him to go to school. And I almost, I, I was going to pull him out. And then I, I said, do you want to be homeschooled? I can pull you back out. And he was like, no, I feel like I need to get through this. And I'm curious about like what in society has made us believe that, bullying, uh, hiding under chairs to make sure that we're not having like, uh, guns in the classroom, like right. the, the sexual exploitation conversation, like all of the things that are happening right now that I don't want my kids to like, just let them be kids for a little bit, like just a little bit. Cause they'll, um, we have a saying in my family, like you're going to lose some of your kid. So whenever my kids ask me a question, that's like a big question, I will not lie to them. You know, uh, exposing children to too much—it's—it's it's amazing yeah. to me what what is going on with that. And you know, obviously, uh, with technology, and you know, I'm in tech, so 
Yeah. It's like, I, I love technology. And then sometimes I just really want to take them out to, you know, yeah. the woods and start over and, and, and just be, and just be present. So there's a lot that you're, you're competing with, right? I mean, yeah, I, I think imagine- it's important to like put up your boundaries with your kids and like, let them know what, um, but there's no subject really that's off limits with my kids. Um, not all parents are like that. Um, not all homeschool, not all public school, whatever. I mean, I, but I think that it's important for them to feel like they can come to me with questions and, and we can explore those answers together. Um, and are the number one thing that I want my kids to kind of walk away from anything that I've taught them with is that no matter what, if you disagree with somebody on religion or on any kind of like social issue that you walk away with it, with them feeling like you've given them a, a place of love. You've come to them with it from a place of love. So you're going to love somebody and you're going to be kind to them and you may disagree with them and you can stand strong in your belief, but still love people in their own beliefs. So um, so I think that, that I, that's my hope is that my kids walk away from any conversation feeling like they've left a, a space for loving people and not like feeling like they have, to, it's not us against them. People are supposed to right, be. Right. Well, what about, um, um, you know, we, we all know that, you know, not, not all people get along. Um, and you know, at one point when I was stay at home mom and I was, you know, over the mom's club um, and the mom's club got, you know, really large. So we started getting, you know, all kinds of, of different people, a lot of people in one room, a lot of kids in one room. And it seemed like there was sort of a, a tipping point on size as to when, you know, conflicts start to occur. So are your homeschool co-ops kept to sort of a smaller size so that yes. everybody is, you know, is, is kind of gets along. Um, everybody is of, I want, I don't want to say a like mind, but there's a certain standard. And then have you ever, you know, experienced where, you know, somebody didn't maybe did not fit yeah. in that. <laughs> yeah, like even to- within our like little tiny co-op with two families, there was conflict that had to arise right. or we had yeah. to say like, okay, we're all we have. <laughs> so right. we have to figure out, which is a great life skill. It you is. It is. How to resolve conflict with people that you work with and people that you're going to do life with. And you may not always agree. So my family um, is non-denominational Christian. The family that we did co-op with is Catholic. So there were some disagreements biblically about what we were teaching. So what we did was I taught my beliefs my friend Sarah taught her beliefs and we were like, and now you guys have to figure out what you believe because we can't make you believe it. <laughs> so we gave them the opportunity to like decide what they wanted to believe, but we gave them all of the information. And I think that that's like, what's great about homeschooling too, is like, if they want more information, we can get it for you. But, you know, um, I, I don't, I don't try to like overly filter um, what my kids are going to learn about. If they have a question, we're going to learn about it. Um, and it gives me an opportunity to do that because the work, it's funny because I was talking to one of the, the teachers at the co-op and she used to teach in public school. And she was like, the work that they do in eight hours at public school could really boil down to about three hours of solid working. <laughs> if they yeah, cut out yeah. all of the like other stuff that they don't really have to do and the changing classes and the going to PE and the blah, blah, blah. 
Now, we also, we go to PE. There's a homeschool PE class that they can go to. There's meetups. They can go to parks. They can, my kids both do, my homeschoolers do um, cross country and track and field um, in a club group. Um, my daughter took homeschool tumbling. So there's, the, the businesses are starting to pick up on the fact that homeschooling has exponentially increased in this state and in this country. Um, I think. You know, oh, absolutely. And I, I think that some some of your famous homeschoolers that actually came from Florida. I mean, obviously, I'm going to throw Tim Tebow, Tebow. out there. Tebow. <laughs> Right. Everybody so, talks about so, you know, and everybody's like, gosh, what did that, you know, we all want the curriculum from that mom. Cause you know, he is just a, a very nice person and, yeah. and then, you know, went on to, to be very um, successful and caring and, and, you know, did a high school sport. Are you encouraged to put your children into uh, a standard school for sports? Is that something that the homeschoolers are encouraged to do? Or are you guys kind of creating your own um, sports association within the homeschooling community? Yeah, both. Um, a lot of homeschoolers in high school also participate in their, whatever school they're zoned for. They can participate in sports there, any sport that they want to. Um, if you don't want them to go there. There's plenty of intramural sports or stuff like that. If you have a really talented athlete, you should probably get them in with their public school so that they can get some um, attention if you're expect expecting them to play sports in, in college or whatever. But um, you can you can attract attention outside of of public school if that's if you have a yeah. Really I guess with all the travel ball and all of that, but you know, yeah. there's I guess you know. I guess that's what also has changed, right? It's because yeah. now um, a lot of these sports have been, you know, sort of privatized and and travel ball and some of these scholarship and recruiters are are looking more at those those travel teams as opposed to what they used to do, which was, you know, find them at a local high school. So in yeah. a way, that's that's also benefited homeschoolers and so and these schools probably these yeah. we still pay taxes into the public yeah. school system, and so those taxes are are covered um, for a lot of the use of sports equipment and facility equipment um, in the public school. So they're absolutely allowed to use those things, and they're entitled to use them because we pay for them. Um, and most of the schools are still getting money for homeschool students even though our students aren't attending school there. So, you know, oh, I, I think you, you can't opt out. And, and can you write off your homeschooling on your taxes? So um, we have not done that. I think you can. There is also a scholarship available in Florida right now called the um, Parent Empowerment Scholarship or PEP is what it's called. Um, it's through Step Up for Students. And they are giving scholarships that are privately funded to um, homeschool students. It helps them cover some of their tuition costs. Um, it covers things like PE. Um, it covers some curriculum costs, stuff like that. If you have tuition at a co-op, then it might help cover that. Um, just it covers some of the expenses to help families to make that choice. If they decide that homeschooling is the right option for them, then um, you may tell your listeners that um, they can visit stepupforstudents.org and they can look up information about the scholarship. Both of my kids received that scholarship. Um, so we have been, this year was the first year that we've done the step up for students scholarship. Um, and it, and you just submit receipts 
um, for the stuff that you feel like is educationally appropriate for your kid. And it has opened up some doors for some really cool things for, um, you know, we got a microscope from our scholarship. Yay. So Yay. We can use oh, microscope. oh, yeah. yeah. I want to come over to your house and see what you guys are, are doing. with yeah. the, so We do the have a room in our house. I did get to see the butterflies. The butterflies were great. Oh, yeah. We raised butterflies. I didn't um, submit that, the butterflies. But, you know, you look for things. Homeschooling doesn't have to be expensive either. You get your curriculum and then you can tailor whatever adventures or art projects or crafts or anything that you think is is good. You can kind of um, tailor that to whatever budget you have. So it doesn't have to be like these big, huge, you know, sometimes people think like, oh, I can't possibly homeschool because um, it, it's so expensive. And you would have to pay for, you know, um, you get that big long list with all the Clorox wipes and the paper towels yeah, <laughs> yeah, a few yeah, hundred I, dollars per kid. And you are going to have to buy books for your kids anyway. Um, you know, you can buy them and, and have them at home. Um, just coincidentally, I have a list of famous people who were homeschooled, at least for part of their education. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Let's rattle them off. Okay. All right. Serena and Venus Williams, Condoleezza Rice, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Michelle Kwan, Taylor Swift, Tim Tebow, Jonas Brothers, Whoopi Goldberg, Emma Watson, Billie Eilish, Abraham Lincoln, J.R.R. Tolkien, Simone Biles, Thomas Edison, Sandra Day O'Connor, Ryan Gosling, and Justin Timberlake. Wow. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Well, you know, a lot of a lot of entertainers in there probably also yeah. because they needed all that all right. that. And a lot of Olympic athletes too. Athletes are often homeschooled, at least for part of their education, because you know, they've have to dedicate so much time to their craft or whatever. Um, you know, part of the reason we were going to allow Jack to do virtual school was because he gets up at like 545 every morning to go to track practice. And he um, is number 11 in the state in cross country. And so we were like, you know, maybe he would want to try homeschooling so that he can sleep in a little longer and then be refreshed when he's starting his schoolwork. Um, he ended up doing modified schedule at his high school. So um, he didn't need to homeschool after all, but it was just giving, giving options is always, always a good thing. Well, um, so I, you know, I want to, I want to um, talk about you okay. and what it takes. Um, <laughs> I, think it's, I, think it's, I think it's really important for yeah. um, you to kind of assess the, the, the skills and the person, you know, how do you keep it fresh? How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep yourself organized? You know, what are some of the characteristics of somebody who is capable of doing this? And, you know, I'm going to put my myself out there and say, <laughs> say that, you know, I, I think I would probably have to be on some medication plus, <laughs> plus, maybe wine at the end of the night. Like I, I, I enjoy talking, obviously. Um, I enjoy organizing. It's great. And I, I love all of the learning that is awesome too. But I do feel like at some point, um, I would maybe suffer from a little, a little burnout, or there might be a couple of days where I just don't have what it takes to be entertaining. I just don't, I don't yeah. have it. Um, I'm, you know, what happens when you get sick? Yeah. You don't um, have a substitute teacher. <laughs> I don't, I don't have a substitute. Um, so that happens. Right. Um, and 
no matter how much you love your job, there are days where you're like, I don't want to do this today. Right. In any job. Right. Right. In any job. That's true. <laughs> so you know, your son's like, is it today, mom? <laughs> it's not today. <laughs> Actually. So that's, so my son has COVID right now. Um, and he is still doing his schoolwork right now because he doesn't actually feel terrible. Um, he's actually on the upswing, so he's feeling a lot better. He's fever free. So, um, I think we're going to retest him and see if he's clear now, but, um, you're almost done with school. Oh, he's almost done with school. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> he's almost done wow. with school. Wow. So what will he spend the rest of his day doing? And what will you say? So, yeah, he can doing? do What's once he's like done with his. So once he's done with his schoolwork, normally he's yeah. not done this quickly, um, but he can plow through pretty quickly. And he did a little extra in the, in the homeschool world. They call it double up. So you can double up your work for one day if you want to take the day off the next day. That's a okay. good way to like take a day off if you need a breather. Um, you can double up your work. Or if you just need a day off, like say I woke up this morning with a migraine. Um, if it was not a co-op day, I might say to my kids like, hey, guys, listen, I have a migraine. You're going to do whatever you can do. They all usually have like their 20 minutes of reading. They don't need me for that. Their math, they don't actually need me for that either because both of them are doing things Chance takes his on virtual school and Scarlett's doing something right now that I've already taught her the lesson. So she's just doing like um, practice work. So she doesn't need me for that. So I could say like, do the stuff you can do without me. And then tomorrow we'll double up. Okay. Um, okay. So that's a good way for you to like take a day or a breather. Um, it is hard. I have to say whoever the primary parent is, who's doing the homeschooling, usually the mom, Right. Um, it is hard on the mom. Um, and you have to know that you have to put your own, I hate the word self-care cause it sounds so cheesy and buzzwordy. And I don't like that. Like going right. to the spa and getting a manicure is not going to help you homeschool. Like it might be great, <laughs> but, and not to negate that you need time to yourself. Like there are days where I'm like, I need a minute. I need some time to myself. So that for me looks like maybe exercising, taking a walk, um, listening or reading a book. You know, sometimes I'll listen to a book or a podcast or sometimes I'll um, read or whatever. And that or just like watch trash TV like for an hour. Like sometimes I just need a minute. And then just making sure that I'm staying connected to people. Um, I run a ministry at my church. I run our women's ministry. So that is separate from homeschooling. That is my thing. Um, I'm in a book club that I love. Um, that's my thing. If I want to go to book, if I, if book clubs on the calendar, it's happening. Like, don't ask me to do anything. I'm going to book. Right. Club right. Because right. It my batteries. And I feel like that's good. Um, I try to make it a priority to spend um, you know, at least an hour doing something for me. It might be a phone call to a friend. It might be, um, you know, having lunch in peace. Like, don't ask me for anything right now because this is my, I'm having my time right now. You can do something else and come see me in an hour. <laughs> like, so. Yeah. Well, that's really, I mean. And I think that that's, that's true of really stay-at-home moms too. Like when I was just, yeah. when I was a stay-at-home mom, when my kids were little, um, we had specific times where it was like, Hey, I'm not available right now. 
don't talk to me unless you're bleeding or someone's hurt. And I don't mean a little bit hurt. I mean like broken arm hurt. Like don't talk yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to be emergency room level. Well, that's yeah. really important. So so setting boundaries. So yeah. I'm going to kind of tell you everything I've learned from you. Okay. <laughs> so I've learned so much. Okay. okay. So, I mean, first of all, picking the curriculum among the list of curriculums you described um, is, is really, is really interesting. I think is really one of those things that um, to me seemed kind of exciting. Um, it kind of, it kind of seems like, well, why can't they do that in a regular standard environment? I'm not quite sure, but yeah. So um, picking that curriculum and then sort of deciding whether you're the, the type of person that, um, your next one you mentioned top of your list, um, was community. And yes, I believe, I believe in community for just almost every aspect yeah. of my life. I'm, I'm joining the podcast community. I, I love the tech community. I mean, I like the book club community. So, um, community is always key because you find like-minded people that you're just going to learn things from and, you know, get some tips, tricks, and, you know, yeah. there's always someone there with sage advice and there's always someone who's new, who you can be a mentor to. So um, community, very much key. And then I really loved, I think my favorite thing that I love about your just self-awareness is knowing when, you know, one child just doesn't fit into that mold and letting them be who they yeah. are. And then, you know, I, I think absolutely in a homeschool environment, um, the learning sticks, uh, you know, because it's hands-on and you're, you're learning, um, in, in a real world environment. I mean, you're going out there with the chickens and, and, and you got to get your chickens. Listen, I don't okay. have chickens, Lynn. <laughs> oh, you raised them chicken, and too. gave them away. <laughs> I think that's the funniest part is, is the chickens. Yeah, <laughs> you always get the butterflies and the butterflies get released. But yeah, but that but the chickens give away if you have chickens in your backyard, it may give away that, you know, you're potentially homeschooling. Yes. I do have a sourdough <laughs> and then of course, The most too. important thing is the homeschooling mother or father. But typically, you know, this is this is mother. And I'm, I'm happy to hear that that Florida is very supportive in, in the yeah. homeschooling community. And yes, there has been, you know, a rise across the country. But the person who is in charge of creating this whole entire experience has got to have a moment of peace and yeah. and, and watching some you know, maybe watching some trash TV because I imagine your head just explodes with all the knowledge you get on a daily basis. <laughs> it's funny because sometimes we'll we'll pass something by and we'll see something that we maybe have learned about one of the units and, and the kids will be like, oh, did you see that? That's a coniferous tree. And I'm like, sure is. <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> so, I don't even know how you remember everything. I mean, I, I do. I, it's funny because I try to remember even books we've read like three times ago and sometimes I'll pick them up and then I'll start to read them. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. But it's hard for me to hold all of that. I don't know if my head fits all of it. Maybe I, maybe I drink too much wine and, and then it just kind of flows out the other side. <laughs> so, <maybe. laughs> okay. Not recommending homeschooler moms to drink during the day. No, but the day drinking is frowned upon actually in homeschooling. <laughs> but, um, I think 
I guess the, the number one thing too is like, you need a good day planner. You need a planner. Um, pl I have a planner. It's color coordinated. I'm a little over the top with it. So some people's planners don't look like that, but you need to have a plan of action. What are you teaching? Um, what curriculum are you using? And then you just go through it and you plan out each week, just like a teacher would do. Like, so you're doing planning. I do my planning in the summer. So I know the whole school year before the school year starts. Um, it well, just makes the other it thing I thought I saw was that you have to, you know, it's best to kind of plan for the whole year. So what yeah. I would love to have is a picture of your planner <laughs> and, you know, kind of like, uh, oh, look at that. I'm even looking at it. Look at that with all the colors on it. So yes. uh, a picture of your planner and then, you know, um, maybe a, uh, I don't know, a community uh, or a co-op flyer or something along those lines just to give everybody some visuals of the things that you have done and I think I want to say one more thing which sure. is um there's statistics on homeschooling that I think that you know people are afraid to start because they're like am I going to mess my kids up and um just statistically peer reviewed studies show that 69% of homeschooled students succeed in college and adulthood which is a much higher number than their counterparts who have institutional formal education somewhere else like either private or public school um 25% of the homeschool students and this number is actually going up um have enrolled in a grade above their recommended grade per age level or test into a grade higher. Again, my son is in ninth grade math and sixth grade, and my daughter is in seventh grade reading in fourth grade. Um, homeschool students score between 80 and 90% in standardized tests, regardless of their parents' level of education. So if you are, have a high school level education or higher, you can figure it out on how to homeschool. So don't let it be like, oh, I don't have a master's degree. Or I don't have a teaching degree. You can still homeschool your kids. There's so many more like options now and resources than there were even 10 years ago. So oh, like, imagine homeschooling for the web. I mean, I don't, um, I don't know how anyone did that. So absolutely. Technology has really helped yeah. homeschoolers. Um, also, there was an Essence Magazine article from April of 22 that said the highest percentage in, in homeschoolers um, highest increase percentage is among um, BIPOC families. So specifically black families, the, there's a five-fold increase from previous years of homeschooling. So more and more people of color are deciding to homeschool their families because they're realizing like, this isn't just, I think that there was like a stigma of like, these are like wealthy white families that are homeschooling their children. And that's just not true. Like there, this is something that is option for people across the board. We have a lot of um, diversity of families in our co-op and like other co-ops I know. And you can find co-ops. Facebook is a great, I mean, I know Facebook's for old people now, as my teenager tells me, but like oh, Facebook's a no, great they, they, They're making There's a comeback, tons, I think. Tons yeah. of groups um, yeah. on Facebook. So if you literally just type in homeschooling and your city that you live in, you will find so many groups. There's homeschooling woke groups. There's homeschooling Christian groups. There's homeschooling Muslim groups. There's homeschooling for diverse groups. So you will find your people with the click of a button. Um, boys score 45% higher in reading tests when educated at home compared to when they are educated in public school. And that is because homeschool moms make their kids read even when they don't want to. Right, Chance? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. And then um, finally, 98% of the homeschool educated students engage in at least five activities outside of their home every week. So they're not sitting at home 
twiddling their thumbs, terrified to speak to people, you know, homeschool people um, are actually doing a lot more out in the community than their peers that go to a brick and mortar school, whether public or private, because they have the opportunity, they have time. We're out, you know, if we want to go help out at the library reshelving books, we can. If we want to go to community service at noon, we can. So it gives you like this open opportunity to do so many things. Um, but finally, I just want to say like, if you're thinking about homeschooling, you really have to sit down and like take a check of your heart and decide like, do I have the time to do this and to dedicate to it? Because ultimately you're the kid's teacher. Even if they go to a co-op, you're the kid's teacher. So you have to decide, is this the right thing for my family? And both parents need to be on board. I think that a big mistake is like for the mom to go, we're going to try this and see, and is dad going to be on board or not? Like mm, maybe no, if you're not right. both on board, it's not going to work because you're always going to have this like little shadow of doubt. And you have to like this, the family support is really important. My husband is hundred percent on board. And there are days where I'm like, this is so hard. Maybe we should quit. And he's like, no, no, our kids are thriving. You're doing a great job. He's very supportive about homeschooling almost to a fault because sometimes they say like, they, they always tell homeschool moms don't make decisions in January. Oh because yeah. That's when it gets hard and you're like, oh, I still have the rest of the school year to go. Oh, and, well, I imagine that's how just teachers yeah. feel in general, yeah. right? Yeah. And then like, are you willing to make some financial sacrifices if you have to? Like if you're not already a stay-at-home mom, which I had gone back to work as a private chef and suddenly I found myself back home again, um, that's a big thing. And then are your, are your kids going to be on board? And sometimes it takes some work to get your kids there. But then like once they've started, they're like, they're on board. I ask my kids every year. So we've been homeschooling now for four years. And I ask them every year, do you want to go back to public school? Do you want to try private school? Do you want to do something different? Are we, do we need to change it up a little? And every year without fail, these kids are like, nope, I love homeschooling. I want to stay. I, I think this is working. I, I like to say that sometimes with bad things happening, good outcomes happen. And so I always bring up 2020 as one of those moments of, you know, you had to make the best of it. And yeah. I just love that it introduced something to you that you weren't even considering. And then oh, yeah. you leaned into it and then look at all the, the great outcomes that came out of it. So I, I just want to thank you again for coming on and describing to somebody who <laughs> admires you for making oh this decision <laughs> and also, um, you know, really making anyone who's, who's listening, understand that this, this is a, uh, is a possibility is, is, is a great, there's a great support system. And yeah. we know that any of, uh, the assumptions about homeschoolers in the past are no longer in play anymore. And part of that is technology, but you've got also co-ops and community and yeah. giving back to the community. So I want to thank you so much for, for making yeah, thanks uh, for that choice. Me. And I just love to hear um, how your, how your kids are thriving and I enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you again for coming.